Hello, welcome to another episode of the Raw Podcast, uh, another fan edition today. I'm joined by Dave Lawrence, who is everywhere in the podcast landscape, it seems, at the moment, and a debut as well for lifelong Sunderland fan, Dino, also a member of Sunderland Fans TV. Welcome, lads. Welcome, Dino, for your, your first appearance on the Raw Podcast. Yeah, cheers yes, for having us, mate. No worries, no worries. Right, we're going to dive straight into the sort of newsy elements of um, Sunderland at the moment. We'll talk about the MK Dons uh, fixture and win shortly but Sunderland made a signing Alves on loan from West Ham United uh, Dave your sort of reaction to that deal 21 years old um, highly rated at West Ham Danish under 21 and under 20 international can play right back as well as centre back 6 foot 2 inches um, I was listening to his his, uh, his club video today and he says he likes to keep the ball on the deck and play out from the back but he's also strong so it seems on paper like a good signing I can't admit to having ever watched him before in my life but um, yeah it, it seems to fit the profile doesn't it yeah, definitely. Just someone, someone again who looks athletic, looks mobile. You know, young, ambitious, bit of desire. Yeah, fits in with the mould of what we seem to be trying to attract at the minute. Uh, long may it continue, I guess. But yeah, there, there shouldn't on paper, which is all we've all really got to go off. I can't imagine there's many of us out there who've actually seen him. Um, yeah, yeah, good signing on paper, and let's hope he fits in and hits the ground running like the rest seem to have. You know. And Dino, what do you what do you make of the signing? I mean, I, I suppose Anne Sunderland's transfer policy in general. It was a bit worrying for a little while. I know at the Wigan game we didn't have any fullbacks, and there was a a few murmurs of discontent, rightly so as well. But Sunderland seem to be bringing the pieces together now a bit better, don't they? Yeah, but it's a little bit late in the in the market. I think. I mean, we've had all preseason to sort this out, and it's just coming. I think we've only got like two more weeks of the window, I believe. Um, but there's still loads of work to be done. I mean, we still need a striker. We still need a right back. I still believe we still need another left back, and maybe another winger. I mean, we're only a couple of injuries off of uh, being where we were last season, chopping and changing, and everyone being everywhere. But uh, on the Alves signing, I mean, coming from West Ham, I mean, you kind of you kind of see that's a bad signing. He's got apparently he was on the fringe of the squad, so he should be good. Um, Hopefully, I, I've got a feeling with him signing a centre back. I've got a feeling that we're going to push Flanagan out to the right back because we don't really. I know as well as Winchester's been playing, I don't think we should be looking for Winchester. Be Winchester to be the right back. I feel like uh, Flanagan would probably be best suited there because he can play along the back four and he's a natural defender. Whereas Winchester is actually the midfielder. But hopefully, hopefully he's good. Hopefully he's a he's a bit of a brick at the back, and uh, hopefully he's a good signing. It's a strange one, isn't it, Dino? Because although we have made signings, what you what you mentioned there, the first eleven is really good. But as soon as somebody picks up a knock, like Winchester took a knock against Wigan, uh, Corey Evans got one against MK Dons, Elliot Embleton got a little knock against Wigan as well, and you're starting to you start to panic immediately, aren't you? And you're only sort of two games in, you're thinking, are these players going to be fit? And then it's a, you know, an injury to McGeady, you know, which is entirely possible given his age and. Pritchard as well sometimes um, over the years hasn't been so good with injuries so there's sort of those questions over the squad still isn't there? Yeah you've got it when you think about it as a coach you should predict that you're going to get at least six to seven injuries in a, in a season maybe more so you've got to predict that you can't just go on and go oh we're not going to have any injuries because that's just impossible I've never known a team to not have any injuries so you've got to predict right we might have about six to eight ten injuries this season so we need to make sure we've got a full squad so someone can come in. We're going to be relying on kids. And 
yeah, it's good enough saying, oh, we'll give the kids a go, but if the kids don't work, that's when the fans get on the pack saying we should have made more signings. So it's like, it's a catch-22. If the kids do well, it looks great. But if the kids don't, it goes, why don't we bring any more players in? So it's like a catch-22. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, MK Dons, Dave, uh, a good 2-1 win. Lyndon Gooch missing a penalty towards the end, which would have made it a little bit more comfortable. Dan Neal coming in at the midfield as well and getting the assist for Elliot Embleton's goal. And Ross Stewart again looking just so much better than Charlie Wag did. How did you see the um, see the performance against MK Dons at the weekend? Yeah, I mean, kind of victims of our own downfall, really, weren't we? You know, Burge throwing the ball to their midfielder and kind of them scored great finish by Troy Parrott, to be honest. But um, yeah. The football manager legend, Troy Parrott. Oh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much, especially at this level. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you know, there isn't many teams going to have 60% possession against us this season. I guarantee you that, which is credit and testament to MK Dons, especially with a manager who's only been there 24 hours, you know. Um, but yeah, they, they've got some half-decent players for this level. So, And we're still not finished finished with our Whelans and Dealings yet, I don't think. They're, they've obviously identified, I, I think probably their remit is, Listen, the kids that we've got, we could go out and buy another or get on a free transfer, another Max Power, another Charlie White. And I think what they're basically saying is the kids that we've got are just as every bit as good as them are. So if we have to make do with them, that's what we'll do instead of just bringing in people on four grand a week wages, whatever. And they're just looking for that quality now. Uh, But I I do agree with Dino. I, I think we're still, we're at least three three shy looking at that how the game panned out on uh, on Saturday I think you're looking at a versatile midfielder who can maybe like fill in as a dare I say it a Darren Williams type you know wasn't he, he was do a bit this that and the other Phil Bardsley someone like that who you know he'd just give everything wouldn't he um, another centre forward definitely because that is my big worry if we yeah. do not wrap up Ross Stewart in cotton wool then I do not fancy Aidan O'Brien or Will Grigg leading the line, that is for sure. Uh, and probably another winger for me as well. I mean, we saw on Saturday, I'd, I'd said on another podcast, that I thought their left centre-half was very, very good on Saturday, Zach Jules. Um, and it, it just showed the weakness in Lyndon Gooch's game. For as much as he was very good the Saturday before against Dariqua, who isn't the greatest defensively, quite good going forward. But... Um, Gooch, kind of, if he comes up against someone physical, you can see the tenacity in his fears. He wants to do it, he want, but he just can't do it. He's not big enough. It's as simple as that. So another winger who could take a bit of pressure off McGee or Gooch and just give us a different option here and there. I think that would be my three signings that I'd be desperate for, personally. Yeah, I think someone could definitely, definitely do with that, uh, with that centre-forward and the other positions you've mentioned. Dino, where are you at in terms of the style of play and the performances of the two league games, so Wigan and MK Dons, because you could say both of those clubs come with a little caveat. Um, Wigan have been a shambles over the past couple of years. They're only just starting to get their mm. act together. A lot of new signings, debutants. MK Dons lost Russell Martin, so not ideal preparation for them, as Dave mentioned, having a new manager in who was there less than sort of 48 hours, 24 hours. So Sunderland have, have played well. There's been portions of the game where they've been under the cosh a little bit. 
but it's pleasing to get the win. But there are caveats against those clubs. But you can all you can only build uh, you can only beat what's put in front of you, I suppose. Well, I predict that we're going to be up there this season. I mean, they made some good signings. Obviously, they took uh, White off us. They've took Power off us. Even though I do believe Power is a very average midfielder at best, he, he just does the simple things well when it comes to long passing and creating stuff. He's just absolutely terrible. He's a very sideways and backwards midfielder, which you do, if you want to get promoted, you don't need that. You need a midfielder who's going to bomb forward, get in the box and get goals, and Power wasn't that. Um, if you with signing White, you've got to play to his strengths, and I don't believe them, them will. Um, it's good enough signing all these players, but you've got to make them gel and you've got to make them work. And at the minute, I mean, they don't look very special. They don't look like a special side. Um, with our style of play, like you can say that from corners, from yesterday, from corners, what given a trot, it's like we had a plan. Gooch was on the edge, he had a shot. Um, it's like we had a we kind of had a plan going forward. Yeah, at times you've got to sit back and defend a little bit when you're under the cosh, but. I mean, Dave said 60% possession. You've got to do something with that possession. I mean, no good keeping the ball in your own half because that's all they seem to do is just go along the back four. You've got to you've got to do something with that possession. Our style of play, I don't mind how we play. If we have to sit back and count now, if we're, if we're just like uh, hold the ball for a little bit, as long as we get the wins. It's not in League One, you, you don't have to have a style. You've just got to have a style of winning, win at all costs. If, if that is lump the ball up to uh, Ross Stewart or playing down the wings or... Um, route one football as long as it works I, I don't mind because it's the four years in this league now and we still haven't really got an identity I just want to get out of this league so it's if anything the style should be win, win with any means necessary I suppose Lee Johnson sort of echoed that in his in his um, in-game tactical changes against MK Dons because he did go five at the back for the last sort of 15 minutes didn't he? I think he did, yeah. He brought Bailey, Bailey right on. But the thing is, though, I'm sure we had like Gooch at right back, which is mm. not who's not a right back. And uh, I think we had Daniel at left back as well. I mean, that's the problems. You've got once you take when like when you when you take Dennis Kirkin or Sergan off, who do you replace? You haven't got another left back, so you've got to you've got to mix the team about. So yeah, we still need a couple of more signings for that not to happen. But uh, I'm actually quite happy with the start of the season we've done so far. Yeah, me too. Me too, Dave. Um... Dino mentioned Dennis Sirk and there, a pretty solid debut for him really, wasn't it? I'm sure he's going to grow and improve with the club, still only young, but as debuts go, you can't complain, can you? No, nah, definitely. I mean, you don't, want to, you don't want to make excuses for the boy, but I don't think he's played much football. 63 minutes in the under-23s the week before, possibly, which I'd imagine have been a pre-arranged thing with Sunderland, to be honest. Um, he had COVID about four weeks before that. So, yeah, all in all, he was never going to last 90 minutes, really, which... Uh, Johnson probably wanted them to, but you know, when he's trying to see out the game, he probably would have been a bit of a weakling. Uh, yeah, he, he got around the outside of McGeady a couple of times. He defensively looked solid, although first half MK Dons didn't put much down that side. I think they targeted our right hand side more. Um, so yeah, all in all, he, there's definitely enough there. We've definitely seen enough of him there on Saturday to know that he's going to get better. I think uh, you know if you were if you were giving him a good old rating like some people like to do, I think you'd have given him a solid seven out of ten. You know, normally divides opinion giving people sevens, but we we'll do it. And what are your feelings, Dino, towards the um, the Burton game coming up on Tuesday? Another quick turnaround, obviously. Sunderland have had three games in pretty quick succession, including the Carabao Cup. Yeah, how do you see that game going? And, and obviously, Burton, historically for Sunderland the League, will have been a tricky side. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a bogey team for us, even though we did break, I'm sure we did break that bogey last season. Um, I think it'll be a tough game. I think, uh, I mean, we're away. I know our away form was better than our home form last season, but the fans are back now. Maybe fans will make a difference. 
Um, I could see it easily being a, a draw. I mean, they're they're off to a solid start, and they'd want to keep that. And it's it's one of them it's one of them games where it's like you don't know what you're going to get because we don't know what Burton's all about yet. Because mm. like you say, they've made a lot of changes, and we've made a lot of changes. So I think it will be a really really tight game. I've already said on the uh, Sunday bunch with uh, Fan TV that I won't be disappointed in a draw, but it'll be a bonus if we win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Dave. Dino mentioned there, but um, the away allocation at MK Dons, 3,000 fans there making their voices heard. And, and Lee Johnson alluded to it. They sort of pushed Sutherland over the line in the end. And if you you know go back to last season, that might have not necessarily been the case. So it's it's just once again evidence that Sunderland fans are a positive for, for this football club, which the narrative from ex-players and pundits over the years, it hasn't always been the case in their opinion. I've you know, never doubted for a second that Sunderland fans are a good thing for Sunderland Football Club, one of its many strengths. But Lee Johnson there just confirming what we all knew, really. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say, isn't it? Once you've once you've nicked off, once yeah. you've gone, and kind of I'm Lewis Morgan living in Miami nowadays. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, mate. The only reason you're not still with us was because it's, you weren't good enough. It's as simple it's, as that. It's also easy for Liam Bridcut to say when he didn't really do anything in a Sunderland shirt, isn't it? Exactly. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? Sunderland fans, you can you can criticise us, you can say whatever you want, and people will always try and get the old fishing rods out and stuff. But where when it comes to our football team, we know exactly what to expect. You know, kind of, listen, how much of a... How many games has Ross Stewart played for us now? Maybe 12, kind of. Eight, eight starts, four substitute appearances. He's almost a cult hero already. <laughs> and it's just because he runs about, he puts himself in the right positions, he gives everything, you don't question his desire. I'll tell you what, he does that for another four years, he'll be an absolute idol for years to come. And that's all we ever expect. So, yeah, all these ex-players and stuff, criticising fans and whatever, that's that's their prerogative and it's it's easy to do once you've, uh, once you've left the cauldron, so to speak. But... Yeah, I don't think there's any debate whatsoever that when Sunderland have fans there and when they're giving their all and maybe he's having a little bit of style of play and a little bit of zest for the game, then, yeah, they'll be right behind you and back you up all the way, I think. I do uh, I do really like the um, the many nicknames that have surfaced for uh, for Ross Stewart, the Loch Ness Drogba, the Highland Harland. There's, um, there's, there's been some really good ones. We might be getting a bit of ahead of ourselves. He's already scored, what, four goals for the club or something. But... I, I went with Pitt Lockery Pellier this morning. Yes, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed <laughs> that. That was uh, that was good. Um, we're we're going to end it soon, but shall we just address the um, the funny uh, Gibral Cissé sort of chatter that's been doing doing the rounds? Because um, that's, that's a funny note to end on. Dave, what have you made of his... Uh, Come and get me play on Instagram for <laughs> Gibral Cissé to Sunderland. 40 years old now, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, we've we've had a bit of personal banter ourselves about it, haven't we? Listen, it's not going to happen. In a month of Sundays, he was playing, what, third division Greek football last year. <laughs> I mean, I've no doubt that even third division Greek football is worse than League One, and that's, that's going so... Um, yeah, listen, again, cult hero, wasn't he? he, he quite a classy player, really, but personality-wise, uh, a bit of a a bit of a a trump card for Sunderland to sign someone like that with so much personality. It's not someone we normally ever go for historically. Um, so yeah, I can kind of I can understand the clamour of some people, but I tell you what, in hindsight, do I think he'd do worse than O'Brien or, or Will Grigg? I'm not I'm not so sure he would, you know. 
Yeah, it's it's a funny one for for sort of me like reporting on it because you know, ex Sunderland player says something to Sunderland on Twitter or, or Instagram, which is significant. And you sort of have to report on it. So it's, you know, you, you get labelled clickbait and stuff like that. But <laughs> to me, I just present the facts and then it's it's up to people to make their own mind up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody everybody knows he's 40-year-old, hasn't played since, I think, I think did he have a club last season or was it 2008? He got released by oh, some yeah. Swiss side or, or something like that. I mean... You'll have two two schools of thought. People love a bit of nostalgia. They love the idea of the returning hero, that sort of story, don't they? Um, but Dino, I mean, what what do you make of it? Do you reckon a player coaching role, he could he could do a job, or is it? <laughs> it's, it's a bit it's a bit past that point now, isn't it? <laughs> it's I, I just still look at it like we brought Danny Graham back. I know he wasn't a cult hero or anything, but we brought him back, expecting him to do a job, and he was absolutely useless. And yeah. I mean, maybe that's not his fault. It didn't work for him the first time. I was thinking, why would it work for him a second time? Same with CC. It worked for him the first time. He was a good player. I liked him, but he was known for his pace. 40-year-old. I couldn't imagine him having that burst of pace. I mean, if you remember last season, Anachibi was the same, calling out, I'll come back. I'm sure it was uh, Anachibi was putting on Twitter, I'd love to come back to Sunland. And yeah, yeah. People were saying, oh, get him back. Get, what was, was that? Tran- game? He was at a Tranmere game, wasn't he? I, I, th- I think he was at a game. And people were saying, oh, get him signed, get him signed. But... As much as I love Anachi because he was just he was just massive, you couldn't move him off the ball. He wasn't the greatest player, and I, I don't know even know how old he is now. I just I just don't think you should go back for players who've played for the club. You need to get something new, and that's what we're doing at the minute: getting new players, getting young players. I mean, like you say, Callum Doyle, young, exciting. I know he's only on loan. Dennis Kurt Sturgeon, young, exciting. I mean, Pritchard, he's only twenty six, exciting. It's actually nice to see, and hopefully we'll continue with that until the end of the transfer window and get some actually decent, more decent players in. But I think the CCA thing should just, I think CCA should just retire. I think it's just, it's just a matter of time. He doesn't want to retire because he thinks he can still play, but 40-year-old, you haven't got a club. No one wants to take the risk. No one would want to take the risk. Yeah, it must be hard when you've, um, when you've played under the bright lights and you've won Champions Leagues and you've played football for that long. It must be hard ultimately to give it up in the end. And I suppose... In his mind, he's probably thinking Sunderland in League One. I could maybe talk my way into a deal one last sort of year playing in front of big crowds and, and stuff like that. But David gives us something to talk about, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Hey, hey, why not? You know, if it if it detracts from uh, if it detracts from lack of signings and stuff like that until we get uh, until we get deals over the line and stuff and a few quiet ones, then then so be it. You know, like you say. All you can do is present the facts, and uh, I mean, it wouldn't even take a reporter to actually present the facts, would it? It's it's all over social media straight away. People are going to start talking about it straight away. But uh, yeah, I think I'll be. Very, hey, I tell you what, it'd be interesting to see him for ninety minutes, see what happens. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's dead in the water, isn't it? Yeah, definitely would be. Well, that brings an end to this week's episode of the Raw Podcast. A solid debut by uh, Dino. I'm sure all of the listeners will agree and a brilliant second appearance for Dave Lawrence as well you can find them both on Twitter make sure you head over to the Sun and Echo um, Twitter page and we shall link um, the profiles of Dave and Dino gentlemen thanks for joining us once again we have been the Raw Podcast brought to you by the Sun and Echo and thank you to the listener for listening 